0: Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. We're here with one of our guest hosts, uh, Mike Santosanio. and he comes to us from a background in sales, and now he's uh, doing training and, and coaching, and, and hopefully I didn't butcher the last name. Uh, but I'd love if you kind of started with what you're doing la- right now, and then we'll, we'll get into what we were like as a kid, and then how did you get from uh, there to, to where you are now? Awesome. Thanks so much, Luke. I appreciate it. And
0: actually, you did not butcher my last name. I actually <laughs> say it uh, say it incorrectly sometimes, too, so no problem there. Okay. Um, but yeah, appreciate you having me. So I guess just jumping into it, you said kind of like what I'm doing now and I have an organization called Train Your Minds and you know, I'm just a corporate trainer that provides workshops on you know, designing the mind for the workplace.
1: That's amazing. And if we were to kind of step back and, and uh, ask like, what, is Mike, what was Mike like as a kid? Like growing up, some of the earlier childhood memories, uh, maybe some good ones, maybe some not so good ones, and then uh, walking through the process of probably some key milestones in terms of how you got from from there into like, uh, and then how do you end up as a, as a corporate trainer? Because I know there's some sales in there, and I hope uh, some time in the in the US. So uh, kind of uh, walk through the journey. But what what were you like as a as a kid growing up? So I guess
0: depending on who you would ask, <laughs> but I think most people would say I was. Uh... I was kind of a pain in the butt, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of all over the place, hyper. I have had of an ADD and never wanted to sleep. So that wasn't fun for my parents. But um, one thing that they would always say is I would always question everything. So my dad would call me the philosopher because I never, I always needed to understand why type of thing. So I guess as a parent, it could get kind of annoying when you want to do something and you keep saying why it's because of, of this and like why because of that. Right. And then the whole thing, when we're growing up, your mothers would say, why? Well, because I told you so, <laughs> because I'm your mother, because I said so. But I had a problem accepting that. And I kind of ran through <laughs> to, to school as well. But then uh, I guess jumping into in, into school, um, I realized that I could be a pain in the butt as long as I had good grades. Because I always like okay. to joke around and have some fun. So I felt like, you know, as, as long as I work hard and get some good grades, I can still kind of be a little bit of a pain. But with respect, so that was always fun as well to kind of just joke around. I like to be a, the joker less about like being mean, but more about just like having some fun. So the Kinda idea like was the I class like a clown work-
1: type of thing or like,
0: I guess you could say kind of the class clown type of thing, but, uh, but yeah. So I figured if I can be a class clown, I probably needed to kind of, Get some work done at the same time. So I was always able to find that balance, which kind of made it a little more frustrating for the teachers as well, because I would bug them. And they would kind of get a little annoyed sometimes, but I would be getting pretty good grades. So it was kind of <laughs> contradictory and hard for them to kind of deal with. And then they would call my mom up and say, your son, you know, he's, you know, he's acting up. He's joking around here. We're trying to keep things cool and calm. My mom's like, well, is what are, what are the grades like? Is he doing okay? He's like, yeah, he's got like a 90 average. He's like, well, look, I got to deal with this at home. He's got a 90 average. <laughs> I'm happy. It's like, this is your job now type of thing.
1: So that was quite, uh, quite funny. Cool. And were you kind of like, like athletic into like book science or, or reading? So you mentioned the philosopher bit, uh, like w- what were you into? Uh, well, other than, uh, giving people a hard time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, back then, no, I wasn't really into reading and things like that. I was, I was an athlete, I guess well, okay. i like to call myself an athlete. I just loved sports, played hockey my entire life, uh, growing up in Canada. So that's uh, kind of inner, inner blood. Sure. And, um,
1: but yeah, just uh sports, team sports was always very uh, very important to me. And and when you were growing up, what was kind of the the ideal or the influences in terms of like career path and what you wanted to do? Were you uh well, did, did you want to be a hockey star? <laughs> I know a lot of people have those how quickly do those aspirations like continue or not. And then like what were the areas that you wanted to kind of explore and, and ultimately how did you like choose a, a path to, to 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 further education? Yeah, great question.
0: And I mean, my hockey dreams got crushed pretty early when when my growth spurt didn't really spurt (laughs) as much as I wanted it to. And when we started to play hockey and and full body contact came into play, and I realized that uh, that dream was over because once you get hammered by a guy that's like over six feet tall and you're like less than five and a half feet tall at 16 years old, wasn't very fun. But but how it kind of happened was just kind of serendipitous, I, I guess, is in high school on my graduating year, 16 years old, you know, we had a, a high school trip to go to Europe, you right. know, and everybody had to, we had to kind of save up some money because my parents can't really afford to, to pay for the entire trip because it was very expensive. It was like an 18 day journey to Europe, which right. was like an absolutely amazing experience. But at the same time, I had to take a step back and people start to get jobs, you know, working at McDonald's and doing all this kind of stuff. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do to make some money. And then I found out, about telemarketing and pretty much let's call like telesales right and there was a huge telemarketing boom in the late 90s and I got this job and what I would do is while everyone after school was going to like flip burgers or working in a store or whatever it may be I would get home like I was like five feet tall back then I'm not much taller than now but I was like a little guy like button up shirt got my little suit on and I would go downtown get on the phone put the headset on and I would just get my <laughs> my deep voice going and I would do telesales right and I was able to kind of get into sales. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I can just talk to people and convince them to kind of buy something and I'll make money. And then the better I do, the more money I'll make. I was like, this is great. It's not just like, this is your hourly wage. It's like, you can get paid an hourly wage, but if you keep talking to people and convincing them and kind of negotiating and making them purchase something, you'd actually get some more money. So that was kind of how it jumped in with me. And I was like, pretty good at it. I was pretty laid back. And obviously it's easier to do sales when, you know, your your parents are making you dinner and You're not really paying the rent. Type of thing, right? So that's how I kind of jumped into it, and then you know, fast forward a couple of years, ended up really enjoying the the whole idea behind sales, and I felt like this is something that was for me because I have that quote unquote, they say, the gift of gab type of thing. I always love talking to people, love joking around, and you know, people just got to shut me up sometimes. And uh, yeah, so I kind of jumped into uh, the sales sales end of things um, in my my late teens, and a little bit of a roadblock around 18 years old, I was I was working all these telesales jobs. And I didn't know what kind of what I wanted to do with regards to education career wise, if I wanted right. to go back to school or not. And um, I had an opportunity to um, go to the military, actually. Okay. So I was just just like a random, weird opportunity where I was talking to a colleague and he went to the army he's getting me he pumped up he's like yeah you to go to the army it's great great experience you're gonna learn all kinds of things and this is gonna happen that's gonna be like wow this is crazy and i used to love watching like military movies and all kinds of things like that saving private ryan or whatever it may be it was something about it just like i, re- I used to like and um I convinced two of my buddies, I'm like, we should do this. It's like a summer program. It's a general military training, the Canadian Armed Forces. It was the uh, Canadian Grenadier Guards. And we're all excited. And we did the physical, the mental aptitude tests, And we're getting ready. And we're going to do it. And unfortunately, two of my friends kind of backed out and weren't <laughs> able to do it anymore. So right. I was like, guys, what's going on here? man? We're we supposed to leave in like a few weeks. Like, yeah, we're not doing this. And then I got the call. They're like, okay, you're ready. We're going to, you got to gotta start the course. And that was like one of like a pivotal moment in kind of my life where I was just like, okay, so what do I do? Do I just, do I back out or do I do, I do this type of thing? And I was thinking about it and I'm like, this is going to be a few months. And it's like, if I do this, this will be pretty cool. You know, I'll gain a lot of experience. I'm going to learn a lot of things and maybe be able to push myself. Cause I always want to see if I could do the boot camp. you know, and like when you see in the movies, could I push myself? Could I do it? So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I packed up my things and I, and I did it. And I went alone, uh, 18 years old. And it was funny because, my parents didn't really want me to go, but when you talk to people, they're like, "Oh, you went to the military." It's like, "Yeah, your parents sent you there. Maybe you're like a troubled child." It's like my parents, <laughs> yeah. are like, "No,
1: we don't want to send
0: you there." <laughs> it's like we didn't want you to go. So they're like, "We don't want to look like bad people that were right. throwing you and sending you to like boarding school in the military or whatnot." But uh, but yeah, you know, I did that and it was uh, it was a great uh, stepping stone for me into you know into my future in in sales and to where I am today because you know I went out there and it was insane. It was crazy and you l- learned so much about yourself and about, you know, being disciplined and being able to push yourself past discomfort and coming out on top. So that was a, that
1: was a really interesting moment. Could you, could you go back and, and tell us a little bit more about that conversation with mom and dad? Cause, cause a lot of folks uh, like university is is the pathway to success, right? You, you have to take that. And, and meanwhile, uh, you mentioned about, well, I don't want my, uh, troubled kid to go to a kind of boarding school, military school, and, and what people think about that. So what was that conversation like? And, and how do you bring it up with, with mom and dad to tell them that you're going to do that instead? Yeah, so
0: so I think I had already started my first year of of, of college, of CGEP, uh, where I'm at, we okay. do like, a, it's, like a, it's like a college, and then you go to university. And at the end of the my second semester, I had that idea. So I came up to them and I said, <laughs> you know, I us got to sit down, I want to tell you something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the army. And right away, like, my parents, they're old Italian parents, you know, like old school. And uh, they're, they're Canadianized or Americanized, however you want to say it. But still, like, I, I kind of hit them with that. And they're just like, are you crazy? Because oh, right away they think about you're going to war. What's going to happen? My <laughs> yeah. son is going to go here, Bosnia, whatever was happening back in the day. And I'm like, don't worry. I'm just, I just kind of doing this. I want to be able to push myself and I want to see what I can do. I want to get like a certificate or whatnot. And I don't know if it's going to be a career. I'm going to go back to school after the summer's done. And we're going to see, so we're kind of a little bit frightened, but I kind of just put them at ease and said, i just want to do this for myself because I think it's going to be a really great opportunity for me to, to learn and to grow and, and kind of the skills that I'll probably attain doing this are going to help me for my future. So I kind of had to use my sales tactics that I knew about (laughs) earlier on and try to sell them on the idea of, uh, of just kind of having them be okay with me going because I was I had it in my head and I was going either way type of thing
1: cool H- how long was the military program again it was
0: oh it wasn't long it was like well it was it was long but it wasn't long it was like two and a half months okay. or three months or so so it was general military training the whole boot camp all that stuff and then I was making a decision to think about whether I want to stay or not but it was never my my idea to stay and funny enough uh, when I was done I finished in August end of August in 2001. And if you're doing the math, uh, 11 days after was September 11th, 2001. So I remember going into college, getting up my day, and I'm walking up to school, and it's like, uh, I see, my buddy's like, "Hey, buddy, pack up your bags. You're going to war." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You turn on the TV." You turn on the TV. I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know? <laughs> so i was like, "This kind of happened." And then my parents are freaking out. They're like, "Oh my god, my son's gonna go to war." I'm like, "Don't right. worry. I don't have to go to war. It's not 1941. It's not conscription. You know, <laughs> like we're gonna cut off your fingers." I'm like, "No, no. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> cut off your trigger fingers yeah. but so, uh so what,
1: was the, what was the process at that point so so you're now in school and 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 the military is basically no we, we parked that checkbox. i got i got my certificate i I proved myself it. in that department and then uh what, what was kind of the the career path uh, afterwards was it like because there's no real kind of sales program to, to go into no. school so, right. so what was that path
0: yeah so so the military it was like i said it was, it was a really cool experience of something that really was a stepping stone for me. When I'm looking back now, I didn't think of anything of it until kind of right now, this conversation is realizing, you know, it, it it probably was a precursor to what I was able to do moving forward, because you, you know, you, you kind of learn a lot about your, I guess your limits and how you can push past them sometimes. And, um, you know, through, throughout the next little while after, after CGIP, after college, um, I was thinking about what I kind of wanted to do. And I realized, you know, I think sales is something that I was good at. And I felt like why not stick because the more experience I can gain in the world of sales, you know, the better I'll be. And the better I am, I can get a better job, higher paying job, more titles, more this, more that and the other thing. So I said, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to gain as much experience as I can in sales, because in the end, whatever you're studying, you know, the more you study, the better you're going to be. And whether you get that job in that field that you're studying and whether it's computer science, tech, engineering, or a trade, the more you work at it, the more you study it, the better you will become. And I kind of took that with sales as well, because in the end, like you said, there's no real training course on how to teach sales or whatnot, sure. but it's, there, there's a lot more to it mentally with regards to sales, but as you keep doing it, you gain that experience. So I had an opportunity, um, through the telesales, and then working in another job to go out and do something very crazy back in uh, 2007, where I had the opportunity to pack up my bags again and leave the country. And again, my parents were kind of like, what the heck's going on? And I said, well, look, I got an opportunity to go do door-to-door sales in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. At the time, it was, I think, one of the top five highest crime um, <laughs> <laughs> cities in North America. And I was like, I'm going to go sell security systems in the high crime neighborhoods of Philadelphia, door to door, for 100% commission, no salary, six days yeah. a week uh, for about three uh, months. And so
1: they're like, so well, What were well. the sales skills that you used in <laughs> order to sell that?
0: <laughs> well, um, you know, you just some training and it's, it's kind of the idea about pushing past discomfort, right? Because you're going to be knocking people's doors and you're just like, Oh my God, I like there's no way. When I went down there, I sat there. My first day I sat in a street corner by myself with my little binder. I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? And you literally just got to go up and knock someone's door. And they're going to tell you, no, obviously, they're <laughs> going to slam the door in your face and to go to the next one. But I think I was able to do it because looking back now, it's like, I already, had that experience of pushing myself past discomfort you know and the more I worked at it, the more doors you the more doors you would knock uh, the more experiences you get the more confidence you can probably get as well and then you start making making sales or whatnot so you're, you're communicating you're talking you're learning about body language you're learning about the psychology behind it and you're learning as well that would sales be a career for you in the future because when you're knocking people's doors you'll know if this is something for you, right? It's a great way to say like, okay, look, I don't think I want to be doing this because knocking someone's door while they're eating dinner and then going to a future interview when they're saying uh, to me, it's like, do you have trouble speaking to a CEO of of, of an organization? I'm like, look, I was knocking people's doors while they're eating dinner that I've never met in my entire life. I don't have a problem calling somebody up on the phone anymore because that's what you get in sales. Sometimes you get that those fears about making that call and 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 those fears about losing that sale or what, and it's always in you. And I've had that throughout the years too. Like it was a great opportunity for me to go to Philadelphia and work that four months because I was able to push past and, you know, have a great experience and, and learn a lot. And I did it the year after as well because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. I guess I went to Houston, Texas and I did door-to-door sales in Houston, Texas. And then I vowed never again to knock anybody's door. Um, and sell something, but it, it was something very, um, very important for me um, to understand that sales was something that was going to be a part of my life moving forward.
1: Could you bring us to one of those points? Those low points you mentioned, like that uh, everyone has the fear. So even someone as outgoing as yourself that can kind of t- uh, talk um, and sell all these crazy uh, stories to, to your parents and stuff, and and get them to to, to sign up. Uh, what what were some of those more challenging uh, moments, and and then how how did you push past uh, those limits? Were there any kind of tips and tricks, or perspectives, or revelations that uh, you're able to share with with the folks listening uh, in terms of something they could do if they're kind of in that situation? So some of them don't have the gift of gab. <laughs> um, what could they potentially do to 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 push back their past their limits? Definitely. So
0: it's funny that you said the word revelation because back in two thousand and seven, something happened on one of those days, because in the life of sales, it's really, really tough. It's a tough mental game because you're always thinking about the past. You're always thinking about the future and you're only as good as your last month, so to speak. And then when you get those no's, when you're not making those sales, you get into that vicious spiral. You start looking at the past, you look at the negatives and you start questioning yourself and you start focusing on things that you have no control over. When you get into that aspect and that frame of mind, when you're in the present moment, it becomes a lot more difficult to get the things you want to get done, done, because your mind is clouded with obsessive thoughts of the past, obsessive thoughts about the future as well. Whether it's, like, I can't believe I'm not going to make a sale anymore. What if I don't sell, I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm not good enough. Or next week, if I don't make a sale, then I'm not going to be this. I might get fired. And when you have those thought processes, it keeps you away from that present moment to do the job more effectively. And when you're able to be in the present moment, do the job more effectively, you will be better. And taking a step back in 2007, it was a Saturday morning. I was sitting on a street corner and I was down and out and not in a good spot. Very sad, very depressed about what I was doing and things weren't going well. And I was alone in like 30 degree weather or 90 degree, depending on where you're living and where you listen to this (laughs) podcast, sweating, sitting on a street corner. I'm just like, what's going on? And then I got a phone call, the phone rang and it was my brother. And my brother is six years older than me. He calls me. He's like, dude, man, I got to tell you something. And a uh, little backstory. They were ha- trying to have children for a while and wasn't too successful, obviously. <laughs> so it wasn't successful at all. But gave me that call. And uh, I've been away for, I think, almost a month at that point. So it was just like being away for a month from family, friends, just being all alone. I had kind of friends over there that I made that I, because I was kind of, you know, not forced to, but I ended up making and, um, he goes, man, guess what? I didn't want to I didn't call anybody yet. I want to tell you first, we're pregnant. We're having, we're having a baby.
1: Nice.
0: And I'm like, oh my God. And I just like, you know, got emotional we're on the phone. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so friggin' happy. I, 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 I it was just like
1: I'll so much uncle. joy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be an uncle. It's great. And I said, dude, you know what? I go, I'm going to kill it today. I'm going to kill it today for you and for, and for this baby. He's like, go get a mic, and I hung up the phone. I'm getting emotional right now just thinking of it. I Hung up the phone, and it sounds like almost like a made-up story or like a movie or whatnot or a very bad movie. But I got up off my ass and I started knocking people's doors, and I wasn't thinking about yesterday, I wasn't thinking about tomorrow. I was knocking doors a smile on my face, I had a great attitude, and every door I, I was getting my nose, getting my yeses, and that day specifically was the best day I've had in sales my entire life.
1: Mm.
0: My, I might not have been the biggest sales I've ever made but I, I sold five security systems that day and we were getting straight commission, you know, when you sell, we were trying to, I was trying to sell five a week. So five in that one day made like two, $3,000 in a day. It was crazy. And I was so happy. And it was nuts. I call my bro. I'm like, dude, man, I, I did it. You know, it's like, it's like, it's amazing. We just had another great exchange. And then, you know, that was, it was a learning experience, but it was my first revelation. We talk about revelations because as the years progressed after I thought, I knew what the answer was. I said, well, I know how to sell. I know how to be good in sales or good in life or good at anything. All you got to do is be happy. So that was my first revelation. I'm like, you just got to be happy. So I would be like, when I was happy, I would do good. The problem was when I was upset, sad, mad, I would do bad. And then I would get mad at myself because I'm like, because I'm a happy guy. I'm a joker. And I went, when I would be upset, I'd be like, why am I upset for it? shouldn't be upset. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be happy. So this is where I kept growing in my sales career. And as, my sales, as I kept growing in my sales career, and I'm like, I did better in sales. My salaries grew, my titles grew. But unfortunately, as I became more successful in business, I kind of became less successful in life mm. because of those obsessive thoughts kept coming in. When the highs were high, but the lows were low. And it took a couple of years to realize the revelation to the revelation, right? Because that revelation I had was not the right revelation. That wasn't the actual truth of what happened that day. And this kind of sprung into train your mind as well, because I like to tell people, don't believe everything you think sometimes, question everything. Because what I thought was right back then was not entirely right. Because the reason why I did so well that day wasn't necessarily because I was happy. It wasn't because I got a phone call. The reason why I was so successful that day was because I was mindful and I was present and I was in the moment. You see that phone call made me so happy. That happiness made me unable to think about the past, unable to think about the future, what was going to happen. Nothing mattered that day, but that day that I was in, that door that I was knocking. And once I got that no, I wasn't thinking about that. No, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about the next door and the present moment. And that hit me. I was like, oh my God, that was it. Mindful presence. So I'm like, whoa, maybe there's a way. If I can figure out ways to cultivate more mindful presence, if I can be more mindfully present, then I can get the work done when I lack that all important motivation. Maybe I can get the things done when I'm not totally happy. Because in the end, after learning more happiness, just like anger, as you know, is an emotion. Right. We can't always feel angry, just like we can't always feel happy. But that doesn't mean we can't be effective at what we do at work or in life when we're not feeling it. But that's kind of where I took a step back and I said, "Whoa, I got to start making some changes here because these questions kept arising in my mind. And those questions were, you know, why is it that I can't do the things that I know are good for me? And why can't I stop doing the things that are bad for me? right? And it came down to to that second revelation because it was like, well, damn, the only way I can do things effectively is when I'm happy, right? And when I'm down and out, it's really, really hard. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, it's definitely that uh, emotion and state can control uh, your, your, your direction. So I have uh, my own model where uh, I call it the, the Saint Far model, where uh, It's an acronym where S stands for stimulus, so it's it's kind of based on uh, Viktor Frankl's uh, "Man's Search for Meaning" and the stimulus and response. But it fills in the gaps with like, oh, you have a book right there. (laughs) There you go, perfect. (laughs) So, but it's on my mouth. Yeah, and then I fill it in with uh, that that stimulus. It's it's from a a, a Hamlet quote, like uh, "For there is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so." Right, so that thought you generate some sort of feeling and with whether it's a good or bad feeling, then that has an action and then obviously you get your result. So filling it in, uh if that thought is, is happy or, or, or uh um anger or whatever, uh, then your actions are going to be a result. So if you can kind of uh, capture your, your your thoughts and and say, well, is this useful? And and the way you do it is being by present minded, right, as, as, as you said. Uh, so when you are in the present and you can say, actually, I don't need to be angry. I don't need to be down. And I could be more more happy um, or more positive, whatever, then the resulting feelings, the resulting actions, uh, are going to get you the results that you want. So, absolutely, uh, echo, echo that for sure. So, yeah. so, you're, so you're now in, in your life, you've gone through, sold a whole bunch of stuff uh, down in the states, uh, and then the, the transition to, to train your mind was that was that while you're still down there, or is that uh, you, you came back up uh, to back to Canada to do something, or, or what was the transition? Yeah. You, uh, after, or was that before or after this revelation?
0: No. So, so I did that in 2007, 2008, you know, and I, that, that revelation was in 2008 up until like 2016 for like eight years, my motto was like, be happy, do good. Right. And I was, I was pretty, pretty decent at that because I was kind of more of a laid back guy. I like, I just love being happy. I love making people happy as well. But like I said, when the lows were lows, the lows were low. And I jumped into the uh, world of IT, hardware, and software, and I worked for organizations there. And I and I grew I grew in those organizations. But like I said, those questions kept rising. Why can't I do the things that I know are good for me? Why can't I stop doing the things that I know are bad for me? Drive me crazy. And then I had this, this other revelation once I came to that conclusion that, hey, wait a second, something's up there. So I took a step back. And I just started to, I don't know what happened. It was like the, the age of the podcast back in 2015, 2016 was really big. And I started to consume a knowledge. I started to listen and learn from top performers in many different areas. I start to learn things, start to read more books, uh, read plenty of books, put my mind and my body to the test. I like,
1: to Do you have a couple kind of, of suggestions start- that you can provide and, and kind of name drop uh, for folks that are willing to kind of go on the same journey as you?
0: Oh, I, I can definitely do that. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's a ton I can probably we can probably talk about that after we put up a, a, a list, definitely. But uh, but yeah, you know, just just consuming everything um, in many different areas, like from evolutionary psychology, you know, neuroscience, longevity, health, fitness, well being, sure. um, mindfulness, meditation, the science behind things like habit building, you know, routines, morning routines, willpower, mental resilience, all these type of things, and understanding a little bit more about this which was a really great tool for me to put myself in a better position to succeed, put myself in a, in, an, in a state where I can get things done more effectively or put myself in a position to get things done more effectively. Because why not? Because sometimes, like I was saying, it's like, what happens when you wake up in the morning and you lack that all-important motivation? How can you get things done? Well, there are ways to do that. And this is kind of where... I just started to work on myself because I knew there was things I wanted to do in my life. I wasn't sure what it was. I knew I wanted to do something. I wanted to be be a part of something or be able to help people or make just, there was something there, but I didn't have it in me yet. I didn't have the self-confidence. I didn't have, you know, the willpower. I didn't have the things that I was trying to cultivate. So as the years progressed, I started to get stronger and stronger mentally, physically, emotionally. And today I feel like the strongest I've ever been. Mm. And not because, you know, things are, are perfect, but because I found the ability to better focus on the things that I need to focus on in that given moment. And so it kind of got to a point where I was feeling great. Now things were working. I was doing well in sales with the least amount of stress I've ever had. So I'm like, some of this, this stuff's really working for me. Maybe this could work for others, but i still wasn't sure what I wanted to do until, you know, unfortunately don't want to bum you out or bum your audience out. But my, my father, unfortunately got diagnosed with early stages, Alzheimer's, um, few years ago and it progressed very very rapidly and and throughout this time you know i was still working on myself because um it was very very important to me and that's another thing that kind of drives me is that whole airplane analogy you know you put your mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else and i always felt that you know as long as i'm if i'm strong enough mentally physically emotionally i can be there for others mentally physically emotionally you know what i mean i can be able to put smiles on people's faces as well and then throughout this time with my father, um, thankfully, all the things that I've worked on over the last couple of years have, were able to keep me in the present moment to keep my focus and keep working and not going down into this, this little rut. But then I kind of realized what I wanted to do after, because seeing my father, um, unfortunately deteriorate, uh, mentally, I realized that it's so, so important to and it's going to sound like a name drop here to train your minds right this is kind of what train your minds came came about because i'm like man there's so many things i've done over the last bunch of years so much knowledge that i've accrued and put my mind and my body to the test maybe what i can do is i can kind of roll it up and create some sort of like an easily digestible playbook where i can go out to people and organizations start sharing this with people to help them potentially put themselves in a better position to get the things done and to be a better version of what they already are to help them Understand more, educate them more that it is possible to train your minds, is possible to feel better, and ultimately kind of decrease the lifespan of those negative
1: emotions. That's amazing. And uh, so, so so, tell us more about kind of the journey that you're on now. So you have now a, a bunch of uh, corporate training courses that you you offer to folks. Um, and, and if you can tell us a little bit about that and then reflect back on some of the, the swike the stuff I wish I knew earlier for yourself. And I think you mentioned like 18, 23 and 35 were kind of key milestone years for you. Uh, so if you can uh, share a little bit about that, that that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. You know, 18 was the army, right? That was the first, uh, the (laughs) first, the first crazy thing. And then 23 was Philadelphia, just packing up and leaving on my own again. And thirty-five was train your minds. You know, it's packing up and leaving on my own, like packing up and you know going out into this world and and taking a chance and you know being able to share this with people. Where now I go into organizations and I provide custom, you know, tailored workshops, lunch and learns, uh, one-on-one coaching for for employees to provide them with the tools to kind of manage the mind in the workplace to handle those obstacles that arise that will inevitably arise, right? Because like you were saying earlier, we don't, we don't get taught sales in school and things like that. But a lot of organizations, when you're, when you're training to become whatever employee you're, you are that you want to become, you're learning the systems. You're learning this, and that, and the other thing about the organization, about the product. But We're not learning about how to deal with the obstacles that are going to be arising, how to deal with the, the mental anguish that's going to happen, the mistakes that are going to be made, the anxieties that you might have to uh, deal with, this, that, and the other thing. And then there's that work-life balance, which is so damn important, right? This is kind of where Train Your Minds comes in. It's kind of, I like to tell organizations that it's more of a complement to your existing employee engagement, your existing wellness initiatives, because it's so important these days, especially now. And I think it's Mental Health Week, I think, right right now in Canada. uh, And to to get people a little bit more more educated and letting them know that there's a way to you know, start changing the chemistry of your brain and, and, and feeling better. And, and there are tools out there to make you able to get the things done that you always wanted to get done more
1: effectively with a better percentage of success amazing so so if you're able to go back to uh 18 year old mike uh he's just <laughs> up, maybe before or during he's he's about to go to the army like what are some of the the tidbits that you'd want to share uh with him if you could if you could send him a, a post-it note or something uh, through a time machine or something what would you share with him uh yeah i mean when I, when I keep thinking about
0: you know the stuff i wish i knew earlier one thing very easily would be the definition of of success hmm. And, you know, back then the younger version of, of Mike thought success was about, you know, having money and having that, that job and, and just saving money. And just, it's all kind of about money and and especially in the life of sales, right? A salesperson wants, you know, you're always striving to, to get more and to make the, the better you do, the more money you make. So that was kind of what it was all revolving around. And I wish I knew earlier that, you know that is not the definition of success or is not the definition of success for me today Uh, because no matter what, you know, these things might make you happy temporarily, but you're always going to kind of want more And, and happiness comes from other, other areas and other places. You can be happy. Even if you don't have all the money in the world, there's just ways that you could kind of think about that could get you to a place of, more contentment or happiness or success, depending on what your definition of success is. And for myself back then, that that was it. And now, my definition of success is, is very very different from from what it was back then because it's not about the money anymore. It's not about the the titles and the big houses and the fancy cars. It's just about you know having that that contentment and that work life balance and that that happiness is is more important than uh, than any any dollar. You know those relationships. And I think I would have told him that
1: first. Cool. What, what about Mike in, in Philly? Like what would be his, uh, or <laughs> the, the um, swipe that you'd send to him? Oh man. It different?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is different. I would have sent, I wish I knew more about, about mindfulness okay. and how to cultivate mindfulness and that you, how you were able to train your mind because back in the day, it was always about training the body, right? You work on the body, you exercise, you get fit, you feel good. Yes. But a lot of the times we just want to look good. That's why we exercise. But we didn't realize how beneficial exercise is on the mind. But there's so many other things that can help benefit the mind as well. And mindfulness and cultivating mindfulness through different practices, whether it's things like practicing gratitude, breathing, meditation, there's so many things. Even exercise can help cultivate more mindful presence because understanding mindfulness and being able to cultivate it, what that does, and I said it earlier, is it reduces the life cycle of negative emotions. Like mm-hmm. Sam Harris says it reduces the half, half-life half of anger. Sure. And that's the problem with most of us, which causes the most anguish and the most pain is when our minds wander, right? There's anxiety and depression. It's getting more and more apparent right now. And you're looking towards the past. You know, I can't believe this happened or or what? looking to tomorrow. I, what, what if this happens or whatnot? We start worrying about all this stuff. And especially for me back in in Philadelphia, that was it. It was always the fears, always the anxieties, always the depressions, like eating, sleeping, sales, trying to figure out what I need to do. And it was hundred percent commission, right? So if you don't sell for three days, you're not eating, right? So it was crazy. And you get into these vicious spirals. And then I wish I knew because there's tools that could allow you to decrease the amount of time that you're feeling these emotions, not to not feel it. You're going to feel it. We're always going to be angry. We're going to be sad. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be depressed. We're going to be jealous but for how long and the longer we are feeling these emotions, the harder it is to get things done that we want to get done. And I wish that that person would have understood this a little bit more because he would have been a lot more effective and more mentally sound. He would probably been a lot more successful back then. Um, Understanding that there are tools out there and understanding a little bit more about mindfulness to cultivate um, more mindful presence to keep you in that moment, a lot more, and when you are in that moment, a lot more, like I said, that first fake revelation, you know, that, that phone call, right. That phone call did not make me a better salesperson. Right. And we get that phone call. All of us get that phone call once in a while. And we feel amazing. But what happens on those days where you don't get that phone call and you still need to get work done. And that's where kind of mindfulness comes in for me and why I kind of talk about this as well, about a mindful approach, to the daily challenges of the work there, the daily challenges of our day in general. So that's what I would have told um, the crazy um, 27-year-old ADD-riddled version <laughs> of myself um, back then.
1: Cool. And we'll hopefully have you back for another episode where we can probably uh, geek out and go deep dive into some of the uh, meditation mindfulness to, to give folks a, a taste of, uh, of some of that and see what they can implement on your, your I would own. be happy to. And, yeah, and is there anything that you'd share with yourself at, at 35 as you're setting up uh, Train Your Mind? Uh, what are some of the, the things that uh, might not be as as uh, big of an epiphany there, but uh, is there anything that you'd share with yourself at that moment? Like like three years back, you're saying? Yeah, three years like, uh, as you like uh, started this entrepreneurial journey on your own and, and took this up.
0: I, I think I would maybe just tell them to just kind of keep staying in tune with yourself keep checking in and keep being aware of the emotions because what i what i'm working on right now is really trying to stay on top of it and grounded but keep working at it because sometimes we feel we get to a point where we we start feeling good and this was me back then you know you start you say like if you don't feel good yes like, i gotta start exercising Man, i can't i just don't feel it anymore i'm getting weight and you start exercising you start feeling good and you kind of slowly drop the ball right and then you feel bad again and then you pick it up and over the years i mean i've constantly been trying to keep improving improving i think i would just tell tell myself not to worry because those obsessive thoughts still come in and even though they last this amount of time they're still there sure but just knowing that as you keep just to keep working because the more you work you're constantly able to improve and the easier and easier it gets to manage that little monster that we all have in our head and there's things that we can do in our day-to-day and we can always grow we can always get better and it'll always be a little bit better well what's really cool about it there's no end game Mm -hmm. right you know like especially we're getting older now um you know we got to make these lifestyle changes like you know you want to start eating healthier you want to start exercising there's things that you want to do you want to keep reading educating yourself uh, working on that mind so we can be you know we can still be swift and strong enough to do the things that we want to do as we get older and that's really important
1: that's amazing. So, yeah. So, so thanks so much for sharing your, your insights, your swipe and where can folks, uh, get in touch with you and, and learn more about uh, your, your programs.
0: Definitely. So you can find me at, um, train your minds with an S.com. You'll find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn at, um, train your minds kind of working on the, the whole Instagram and Facebook thing. going to pick that up a little bit, but, um, uh, but yeah, Mike at trainyourminds.com as well, if you want to send over an email, any questions. So uh, happy to, uh, to, to, to help out anybody uh, that's, uh, that's listening in to, uh, to this today.
1: That's perfect. So thanks so much, Mike, for, for sharing. And then again, hopefully we'll have you back so we can do a little bit more of a deep dive on a lot of these things, because I think uh, folks will be curious. And uh, yeah, uh, th- thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much, Luki. One more thing. I want to just really appreciate your time. But you talked about a book to recommend, but you brought up a book. And then I reached out and this wasn't planned uh, to your guests, just in case you think it was, sure. it wasn't planned. It's, this is one of the books that stays on this shelf. I have some books on this shelf, but the one book that stays on this shelf is that "Man search Meaning." Sure. Um, so, I mean, this is a very, very powerful book and uh, I would definitely recommend this.
1: Absolutely. So uh, hopefully folks can pick that up and then uh, we'll look forward to hearing more from you uh, in future episodes. Luki, really, really appreciate it.